0: Hey, Jenna.
1: Yes, Steve?
0: What's a B's favorite rapper?
1: I have no idea.
0: Cardi B. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 193 and I am your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-host come together to give everyone the information they need to get their family game on. This week, I'm joined once again by my co-host, Amanda Farrow, the princess of power of uh, super editor-in-chief of SuperParent.com and GameDaily.biz, among other titles, um, some temporary, some project-based. You're just busy.
1: <laughs> I'm very, very busy. That's my common refrain right now.
0: Hi, I am tired. You are tired. So, um, you just went to play NYC over the weekend.
1: I sure did. Which
0: was your third Saturday in a row of not being in your home. It sure was. It sure was. <laughs> are you going to be in your home? And are you going to be in your home next weekend?
1: And this coming weekend, I'm going to be in my home um on Saturday, but wow. not Sunday. Or not for part of Sunday. I'm going to a Nintendo thing on Sunday with with my Ketos.
0: Cool. I'm a little jealous. Um, and then after that, then you're flying out to Disneyland for the last Saturday of the month for with Game Daily.
1: Well, I don't fly. I don't fly out until that Monday, thankfully.
0: Oh, so you have so two I have like Saturdays. a full weekend
1: at home. What? Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. The I know. Universe, I have two
1: Saturdays at home.
0: The universe conspires. But
1: I might not have a Sunday because I don't know what's going on with that Sunday. We're either going out for dinner on that Sunday when my husband gets home or there is a big Mike.com reunion or something that's supposed to be happening that afternoon for all the, for okay, all the old gaming folks.
0: All y'all. Old gaming folks. All folk. us old gaming folks. Um, well, you yeah. can tell all of them about our podcast. So I will. Um. Okay. So, this week's video game week. Last week, we talked about Gen Con because of your voyage to Gen Con. I've and we thought, games. why not just basically let you run run the topic selections for the show just by traveling all over the place. So, uh, you went to play NYC. So, that's going to be the big topic today. But it's not the only topic. We're also going to talk about loot boxes for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about the Pokemon. We're the Pokemon because it turns out because you have been so busy there was like a whole bunch of pokemon announcements that you have no idea about so i'm going to just fill you in we're going to get you all taken care of um, i
1: think that brandy wrote about it and i was like what is, what is pokemon's what is pokemon's?
0: um and i
1: might have just given it the what well, i might have just given it the gold star approval and sent it on out into publishing land without actually digesting what happened
0: yeah you went so and were we'll like, are the them. periods and the commas in the right place? Does she say the game any more than once? Um, you know, you just you did that stuff and fixed she it. Did. Um I did. Very good. Very good. Um, so we're going to make sure that you can digest it. And we're also going to talk about it with uh, the folks. Um, also, did you know Ninja has a book coming out?
1: I heard that Ninja has a book coming out.
0: Um, It's basically called Get... <laughs> It's called Get Good.
1: I heard.
0: Um, I'm actually kind of um, interested. a choice. Of course you are. I'm interested. You know what? Listen, I'm interested. um, And honestly, it's coming out just at the right time. It's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, It's going to be perfect for – it's going to be like one of those books that everybody buys their 10 to 13-year-old kid for Christmas expecting them. To uh, <laughs> um, expecting them to read it, and then they'll put it on their you know on their bookshelf and and maybe look at the pictures of ninja and not read it. But we're gonna look at it. Um, okay. So I look
1: forward to you looking at it, so I don't have to.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's you are not the target audience. Technically, I'm not either. Both of because uh, my understanding is um, if you watch if you record a video game podcast, his information is not going to be helpful um because we know like how a mouse works so it's like super hey. basic well i think i think the the hidden thing is that it's really kind of targeted at parents like that's the angle i'm looking at it's like hey you want to understand what your kids are doing um cuz like sometimes they're speaking another language but anyway um so has got a book I and mean, we kind of just talked about it so it's not really a topic we're going to discuss and then we have as always a uh, question from the audience. So, how was Play NYC? This has been—it's like the third year, right? It's,
1: it's the third year. Yeah. So, Play NYC was like there was a there was a media hour, so it was really really chill for the media hour. There were only maybe twenty of us, and it was like the the spread of games that were there were really really interesting. Okay. The weird thing about New York is that it doesn't have that prominent of a game development scene because there really aren't a ton of studios that have set up shop in in New York City. They just they okay. just haven't. Which is where Playcrafting came from, and Playcrafting um, that Dan Butchko put mm-hmm. together um, a handful of years ago. You know, he did it because he's like, look, there's nowhere for indies to go. I love games. I think indie developers are cool. So what if I created a space for them to gather and hang out and make cool stuff? So yeah, it's their third year for the PlayNYC Expo and the PlayNYC Expo was both tabletop and video games. So I went and I took a look at a, a bunch of different tabletop games. I took a look at a bunch of different video games. I got cards for games that I'm super excited to know more about but the lines were bonkers by the time I got out of my conversation with Dan because I had like an hour and a half conversation with the founder so it was wonderful I don't regret having it but it did mean that I didn't get to play as many games as I liked
0: (laughs) now like how long was the Uh, day
1: well I mean like I had to come home I had stuff to do because you know I can't just be playing video games all day as much as I'd like to I thought
0: that's what our job was no Oh, no, it oh. turns out
1: that's uh, not the case.
0: Yeah, that's definitely how they—that's how they sell us on it, and then do, we get they, in.
1: And it's not that at all. It's mm-hmm. literally not even remotely that. So, some of the cool things that I ended up seeing um, was this game called Ao the Clown. It AO was one the of clown? the Ao the Clown. It was an actual cute clown game. I haven't seen a cute clown game in. Ever potentially ever yeah okay. and it's on Kickstarter right now so AO is a platformer it's a little it's a little rough around the edges right now because it's still in development sure. and they're still working out the kinks and stuff like that so I'm not a huge fan of the platforming but I really really like the aesthetic it's irreverent it's colorful it's fun um, I'll make sure that we link to it in our in our show notes
0: okay. Yeah, what, uh, how do you it, spell A-O? It's so,
1: so, so cute. It's A-Y-O.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, was it, a, it was a Kickstarter. I remember seeing yeah. this. I remember so, seeing this yeah, like a Yeah, and it's long still on Kickstarter as far as I know. Oh. Right. Yeah.
1: So, it's coming out next year. I suppose. And.
0: Okay, I saw this.
1: Sorry, can you say that again?
0: I yeah. saw this. Okay. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay.
1: Okay. So you can like go and wish list it on Steam right now if you know you're you're really interested in it. And like I said, we can link to the, the Kickstarter and the in the show notes and stuff like that so you can see if it's the kind of game that you want to back. Um, like I said, it's a little rough around the edges right now, but I liked it. Like I genuinely it's got it's really cute. Like Super Parent would one hundred percent cover it in the future, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the finished product looks like. Um, the developer was really really nice. So that was a it was a lovely little conversation. Although like I kept having the control like taken out of my hand my my controller taken out of my hands which was less than excellent. I'm like, "Look, just because I'm struggling doesn't mean that I need you to like fix it for me. I can do it. I promise you.
0: Yeah, I'm a big kid. I've played my fair of platformers." Um so yeah, it's uh you know, I saw I was wondering where I saw this. Um, and I think it just got cycled around like an indie Facebook, like an indie promotions Facebook group that I'm in. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, one of the things that I really like about it is just how soft everything looks. Not quite Yoshi's Wooly World soft, but, But um,
1: it's like saturated color palettes and just really soft and approachable in general.
0: Yeah. This feels like one of those games that I'm going to see like in the indie mega booth in two years at PAX. Um, at PAX East and really want to play it. Um, so um, so what else did you play? Uh,
1: what else did I take a look at? I took a look at uh, this game called Repertoire which is a classical music game and it is for mobile. So I played it on an Android phone. They're, they don't have it on uh, Apple yet. They don't have it on iOS yet. But what it is, is you are learning how to essentially play the piano on your, like with one hand okay. on your phone. And you have a bunch of classical music pieces, like there was Claire de Lune, and there was a bunch of Beethoven and Mozart and Tchaikovsky, and it was just really, really, really beautiful. And you put the headphones on, and then you just kind of go to town, and they teach you all of these different techniques to create this music. So, and it's complicated, like it starts off really simple, really easy. And you're like, okay, well, this is fine. And then the demo, the guy who was demoing it to me is like, okay, we're going to kick you up to level seven. Cause it seems like you can handle it. And I'm like, I'm on level two. How about we kick me up to like level four? He's like, no, we're going to do level seven. You'll like this one. This one's really hard. I'm like, what? I got my butt kicked. I couldn't finish it. It was way too hard. <laughs> But uh, yeah, repertoire is uh, a game by Playful People, and it was yeah, it was it was one of my it was one of my secret little favorites of um, play NYC. I liked it a lot because I love music games, rhythm mu- rhythm games, music games. They are a hundred percent in my
0: wheelhouse.
1: I'm really really looking forward to playing um, uh, Cadence of Hyrule because oh, of that. Yes,
0: you are. That I am is and so I have a rip-
1: good. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I like that, but those are the kinds of games that I really like, like those kinds of rhythm games. So that was that was another one of the games I ended up uh, checking out. Um, what else did I take a look at? I ended up seeing it's not board game week, but this is Play NYC, so I ended up seeing this game called Inequalityopoly. Okay. So it was a game that is designed to teach people not just children but just to teach people some of the um systemic racism and sexism um inherent in our society and it's a game where you have an identity card that you're given so the people around the table were given like the identity of white woman black woman latina man or latino or like whatever and um you had to you were confined to those specific rules like You weren't paid as much if you were a black woman you were paid like 30 percent less than white women or something like that um i don't remember all the stats off the top of my head obviously because it was just kind of a it was a quick demo but it was really interesting like you had to either break down that systemic like you had to break down the structures or you benefited from the structures and either way you have to be the one at the end that has the most property and you have to have the most money so it was really, really interesting. It was an it was an interesting social commentary um, about how to navigate the world if you aren't the person that you grew up as. Cool. Created serious empathy beats. So cool. I'm I'm looking forward to writing about that. I think on Superparent, and potentially on Game Daily, because I think that it has a lot to say. Sure. So. That so yeah, awesome. That was. It was really cool. And I think that they have they have it available for like a, the Deluxe hard copy or whatever. If you just want to print it out, it's 10 bucks. But if you want a hard copy of the game, it's 50 bucks. so
0: Fair enough.. Not
1: too... um, another game that I ended up checking out was called Skellboy. And you guys you guys at home can't see this, but I'm holding up a card to my monitor. Ooh.
0: so that yeah, that's your aesthetic
1: It's totally my aesthetic. It is this adorably cutesy platforming adventure nonsense game that I legit cannot wait to play on the Switch. It looks like it's a Switch exclusive. So Uh, that's
0: what the website is looking like.
1: Yeah, so that's the rest of the art here. It is just unbelievably cute. I love it so much. Um, And the controls were really easy to get get, get a hang of and it felt really good to play. So I'm looking forward to just kind of running around in this crazy, kooky, spooky, okay, adorable aesthetic.
0: So I'm watching this trailer. I'm going to try and describe this to people. <laughs> okay, folks.
1: It's nonsense. That's really what it is.
0: Okay. It is – Um. so you play as a skeleton that's shaped like Meat Boy because he's basically just a square.
1: He's kind of Meat Boy-ish, isn't he?
0: Well, only in as much as he is entirely a square. It appears like he has a cardboard sword. Um, And so you are running around, um, you know, 3D worlds that are all just kind of cardboard pieces. Um, (laughs) But because of the art style with, like, the bright colors with the very thick, dark um, edges, it looks kind of like okami ish vaguely um
1: like i mean i guess if you look at it sideways
0: well but that's the thing right like everything's kind of side because it's all two-dimensional stuff (laughs) on a 3d plane yeah very paper mario this is this is very cool um this is one of those indie games that some people are going to bounce off of it immediately oh my god in the trailer he starts fighting with a cardboard tube oh my lord
1: it's so good yeah, so I'm cute. in on
0: this game so it. hard. This is another one of those so, games that I have to play. So it looks like it's a uh, Switch, yes, but also PC. And it's
1: coming to, to Steam as well. So it looks like it's the the only console it's coming to is Switch, and it's also coming to um, PC, Mac, and Linux. So <laughs> good support. I'm in. Really good support. Yeah, yeah it know, looks really
0: cute. Yeah, everybody knows I love me some indie games, especially like indie action guess. RPG kind of things. Um, this is right up my alley.
1: Alright, so another game that I checked out was this game called... It's from Mind Isle, which is from a development collective called Gumbo. Okay. And they work out of of offices down in Dumbo. So that's also... That's in New York. Okay. Down under the Manhattan Bridge Overpass? Is that what that is? (gasps) I got the acronym right. Down under the Manhattan Bridge... Uh... Overpass.
0: Cool. That's
1: what sounds, stands for. So anyway, this group is called Gumbo. So again, you guys can't see this at home, but I'm going to show Steve this most excellent card art. It's this game called Four
0: Oh my God! There's By like little dog. fat little monsters and stuff.
1: They look like Digimon.
0: Okay. Like they Phase like, One Digimon.
1: Like Phase One Digimon. Legit.
0: Or whatever you call them. I don't. I'm sure I called them the wrong thing. Don't add it me. Doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. It's fine. So. 4Z is really cool. It is a two-player turn-based board game on mobile where the objective is to get four in a row. You win a game by getting four in a row. You, The 4Z is also a playable character in the game, and collectively they are known as 4Zs. Okay. So that's these little dudes here. These little dudes are all called 4Zs.
0: And you're collecting them.
1: Yeah, you're collecting them you're collecting them as as you go. I think that um they might unlock. Uh I'm, I'm pretty I hungry up. for this game. Yeah, I signed up to be on their beta cuz I really want to play it on my on my phone. Sure. Um cuz it looks heckin adorable.
0: That is so I really absolutely like true. You picked some you 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 found some really good stuff considering you really were only there for a while. Do you find this is totally a non sequitur, but like when you go to like a big like crowded space, I mean, you are no shot, no stranger to conventions. Do you find that you have like it's it's cuz every time you come back, you always come back with like really good stuff. Do you find that you have a really that that your eye has gotten better over time at finding the stuff that you know you're gonna that you're gonna like? Cuz I kind of feel the same way too.
1: My... Yes. Um over the years, I mean, like I had to get good at what i think my people are going to be most interested in if i stayed to what only i wanted i wouldn't see everything i would end up just being like okay i guess this is cool but okay um but being able to take a step back and think about what my audience is interested in and what i think is gonna do well in terms of all that i mean it takes it takes skill and it takes time because curation Curating content is a, an enormous part of what I do on a regular basis professionally. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's helpful. Um, what else did I see that I thought was super cool? Um, I have so many cards here. Just need to make sure that this is the right one. that this one by Orc Punk. Yeah, they're <laughs> called Orc Punk. Like, that's their,
0: that's their, uh, that's their company name.
1: Company name is Orc Punk. Cool. Yeah. Here we go. Orc Punk.
0: Sounds like an LARP team I met once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Orc Punk is really interesting. Or sorry, the game that they are making is called, again, you guys can't see this. It's called Into the Dark. Okay. Into the Dark. Man. Yeah. The first time that i saw this was at the bit awards which is what um Playcrafting, the company the sorry the organization behind uh play nyc um ended up putting together so okay. i saw this at the bit awards they also have another game so this game in in particular so i saw this one it's a top-down adventure strategy game it reminds me a lot of dwarf fortress so anybody that any parents on here that have played any any amount of Dwarf Fortress, you know, this might end up being an an excellent kind of um, throwback for that, but you can play it on mobile instead of having because I don't know if Dwar- you can play Dwarf Fortress on mobile. I know you can play it on PC, but I, PC I don't think right you can play now. it on mobile. Right. They so it's a like roguelike. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so it's a roguelike. It's very minimalist. It's highly abstract. Um, and I, it's been out for a couple of years. It's, I guess it's been out for about a year, less than a year. And they were showing that. They also have another game that is currently in beta and it's called Into the Dark Zakira, which is so like, it's another another one of the Into the Dark games, another game about, you know, telling a story of being about being afraid of the dark. Um, but this one is a strategy arena. So you have to like, combat a bunch of a bunch of different foes. You have to choose your strategy um, and make sure that you don't paint yourself into a corner where you're going to end up getting eaten alive in the dark. Because
0: so, you don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, you, definitely you definitely don't
0: want to get eaten in the dark.
1: No, I definitely don't want to do that. So it's a very, very stylish game. I, I'm on the fence about it. I think that it's got a lot of potential. More than anything, I just really like their their approach to game development culture with their whole Gumbo Collective. I think that that's super, super cool. Cause they're another, Orca Punk is also part of Gumbo. Okay. So, uh, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, I think the other one that I want to talk about might be Cell to Singularity. Okay. I'm just gonna double, triple check here. Yes, Cell to Singularity, evolution never ends. So, Cell to Singularity kind of reminded me of a cross between Stellaris and Spore. So, I don't know if you I ever mean, played talk to, to me.
0: Yeah, I'm all is... in already.
1: Because <laughs> I said Spore. I miss um, Spore.
0: I miss what Spore was supposed to be. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: but I like the... grand strategy applied to like weird evolution stuff
1: exactly so that's that's what cell to singularity is all about so you are you start off as a single cell organism you have to upgrade your biology um you know figure out what kind of organism you want to be and what you're going to evolve into and everything like that until you uh until that particular society engulfs that planet with a civilization on the brink of singularity. So it's hence, super, super cool.
0: Hence self singularity.
1: Exactly. That
0: sounds awesome.
1: So it's the free to play game. You can get it on uh People play. You can get it on the App Store. You can play it in the browser. You can get it on Steam. Um it's got like it's really, really interesting. And I think that it's got enough going on with science that I would find it more engaging over the long term than I found Spore, because the promise of Spore, and anybody that remembers Spore remembers that there was a promise. <laughs> Several <laughs> a promises, prom- arguably. Yes, there were many promises made. Let's be let's be incredibly clear about that. Um, but yeah, so this this game looks really interesting. I don't know how much time I have to play something like this right now. It is not. I don't know if it's available. In um, in my on my Canadian
0: store, it's available right now on Steam.
1: Mm-hmm. It is available right now on Steam.
0: I may I have speak. just started Oops. the download and then canceled <laughs> it because I remembered I didn't want to eat up the bandwidth for our podcast. But I'm definitely going to be downloading it for the freeze, um, and maybe we'll even talk about it next week. Um, this might even be you know who knows because it it's kind of neat. I I mean the graphics are simple. I love the idea. And if if it, mm-hmm. it I mean if it does what it says it does, then I'm already a big fan.
1: I mean the reviews are pretty golden.
0: Yeah. So it's early so anyway, access, I... so it's a little busted. Yeah, but whatevs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's was... okay.
1: There's nothing wrong with early access.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely not. So you know what else was really busted in early access and ended up turning out being really good? Um. Uh, what was the space program? Kerbal Space Program, and that game is bananas now. So.
1: That game is fantastic. Now, um, so yeah, those are probably that's the creme de la creme from creme la creme. from Plant. Yep, cool. So that's the that's the cream of the crop right there. Cool. We talked about so just so we do a quick recap. Recap, sorry. We talked about Ao the Clown. And We yep. talked about uh, repertoire and Skullboy, Four Z, Into the Dark and sell to Singularity, as well as Inequality, I We talked about a lot of games. I saw a lot of games.
0: Yes. Good. And you somehow fit in an hour-and-a-half-long conversation with uh, the person that kind of started the whole thing, which I'm sure was a fascinating conversation.
1: It was a wonderful conversation. It really was.
0: Okay, um, so, so I'm definitely... So tell me about that conversation a little bit. Oh, thank sure. you for spelling some of these things for me. Um, yeah, so um, tell me about the conversation. You know, like, why did they – so they, they started just because there was no place for indies.
1: Well, I mean, it started out of a out of a need for – so Dan's background is in social work. So, But he's always loved video games. And what he was looking for was combining that very couch co-op perspective and doing live events and bringing people can connect people in person Mm -hmm. together with video games. And he ended up filling a need because there wasn't a place, there wasn't a formal place for uh, like New York city devs to really go to. I mean, there's, there have been other, there've been other, you know, um, organizations and everything like that. Cause you know, there's the Game Developers of Color Expo, which is in Harlem um, every year. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of different organizations, but it just, what I like most about YC is that it's so very inclusive. And there were a bunch of people that clearly came from like doing work in a lab at school. Mm-hmm. And came back into Play NYC just to just to showcase their stuff, and there was a ton of overlap between PlayNYC and the game developers of Color Expo, which was super cool. Um, but yeah, Dan is Dan is a fascinating person. He's really dedicated to creating communities, and you know, by being able by going out and courting these um, corporate sponsorships with places like nintendo and things like that you know it's he's able to do more to reach more people and play crafting is all over the u.s now so there's play crafting in boston there's play crafting over in uh over uh in the bay in the bay area and then there's play crafting in new york and play crafting in new york is the original so and then they also have the bid awards which is really cool
0: which i think you you went to those right
1: I did, Depend yeah, we went, we'll be we'll like to be going back to the BID Awards again this year, because it was just such a wonderfully put together um, award ceremony. It was great. It was wonderful to see. I think um, Jen McLean was there, and she was the head of the IGDA at that at point. She was the executive director. It was really great to see her get an award um, awesome. for her influence in the industry. So, yeah, it was great. It was great seeing, you know, Polygon people up on stage giving out awards. Very New York. Very, yeah. very New York centric. I, I, I really like.
0: Were the Polygon folks at Play NYC?
1: They were. There were a few of them wandering around throughout the throughout the weekend. You know, they were just they were there because Dan is just this bundle of positive, wonderful energy that is just so easy to look at him and be like, okay, yes, of course I'm doing this for you. Of course I'm going to come by on my weekend and hang with you and hang at at Play NYC yeah. because you're just such a wonderful person. So,
0: absolutely. Um, so. That is super rad. Um, thank you for giving us your report from Play NYC. I promise next year I'll go with you. And I got an invite to the really- Bit Awards that I didn't that I didn't think to RSVP to. So maybe I'll do that with you also. Um, I'll tag along. Um, you should, because they
1: do like a little a little mini expo at yeah. the Bit Awards, so you can see whatever people at Playcrafting play are working on.
0: Oh yeah, no, it sounds it. When you came back from it last time, you had glowing praise, um, so can't like wait. It. All right, so we had some fun. We talked about play NYC. Let's talk about loot boxes.
1: Oh boy, do we have to?
0: Well, let's do let's do this. It could be worse. We could talk about people real, being real mad about the Epic Game Store for almost no reason. Um, I'll um talk about Ooblets. Yeah. Oh man, I feel bad for Ooblets. I can't wait to play Ooblets. Um Can I just play Ooblets? Like, can I just finish just
1: play Ooblets
0: until what's like, let's just finish Ooblitz. And for those that don't know what Ooblitz is, just chill out. It's fine. Because once it comes out, Amanda and I probably won't be able to stop talking about it. Um, At least sure. me. Um, So loot boxes. We talked about loot boxes on the podcast before. Um, I don't know if you were on the episode where we brought on uh, my BFF, Dr. Rachel Cowart, to talk about them. In that I case, why? Um, and that was when you, I, I first introduced her to you, and now you guys are like best friends hanging out at PAX West and stuff. We
1: definitely are, and um, I backed her amazing, fantastic uh, Kickstarter campaign about the Pragmatic Princess. So
0: I. I'm very glad that it funded. I was very nervous for a while. Um, but... I remembered that I was very nervous because I'm used to board game Kickstarters that have to like three times overfund in order to cross the, the, cross the finish line. Whereas right, books this it's, th- this is very different. So I, I had to remind myself of that because in the middle, I was like having palpitations because I, you know, hashtag empathy. Um, and so anyway, um, so Dr. Rachel Cowart has been on to talk about loot boxes before, but this is a little bit different, more or less. Um, I think it's safe to say uh, that the outcry regarding loot boxes has gotten the attention of the United States government and the FCC, um, and so they had like a they had a little powwow, a they, had a they had a workshop.
1: Yep, they and, had a full day workshop with like two very long sessions. I'm and, still pouring through them.
0: And yeah, I mean, well, there was tons of speakers and notes and discussions and roundtables, um, and I'm sure there were plenty of back ta- backroom meetings. That haven't been published, um, and the here's what the long and well let me let me try and condense it, and you can tell me if I miss anything. Because sure. if I got it all, then we're just gonna move on. Because um, who wants to talk about this? So, for those that don't know what a loot box, a loot box is a purchasable item um, that you would buy in a game, either with real world money or virtual currency. Um, that gives you a randomized set of stuff or a randomized thing. Could be a pack of cards for FIFA Ultimate Team. Could be um, materials for something. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, It could be skins in Overwatch, etc. The key with those is that they are random, meaning you don't know what is in them and you can still buy them. Um, There are some arguments. Are they gambling? Are they not... That, that argument is now, I believe, immaterial because they're close enough that the government decided to have a meeting about it. Um, and so the 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 end result of this, it's it appears, um, is that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony have agreed that by the end of next year all the games published on their platforms have to display the odds of finding a given item in their various loot boxes. Um, It's not
1: just them, though. There are a number of other ESA members that have agreed to do this as well, including Activision Blizzard, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, EA, uh, Take-Two, Ubisoft, Warner Bros., and Wizards of the Coast.
0: Which is a huge portion of the industry.
1: It's enormous, Um, yeah.
0: And I think it's very possible that that's the kind of peer pressure where everybody that's not on that name, like <clears throat> Square, Square Enix and Capcom. Now, with that said, I don't think Capcom has any loot box games yet, but I'm sure they were on the way. Um, I don't think they have any games with loot boxes in them. Like, you can't buy loot boxes in Street Fighter with fight money or anything. Um,
1: no, I don't think so. I so, think Teppan is their new one, right? Oh, that Tepin, they did I'm sure Tepin, Tepin has
0: loot boxes in it. I'm sure it does, but Gung-Ho... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they do. But Gung-Ho was in the list of the people that said they were going to display the odds. They're just one of the small people, I thought. Mm. Or was Gung-Ho on the list of the people that didn't? No. Oh, so Gung-Ho didn't. Well, it, it, I will say this. Um, Gung-Ho does mobile games, and yeah. both iOS and Android require that you provide that information. So, like, if you make mobile games, you didn't necessarily have to sign that letter... <laughs> And draw attention to it because you got to do it anyway. Um, And so, I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, showing off the odds is, I think, a a pretty good first step. I think everybody generally agrees with that. There's obviously more than easy to get done. But um, that's what happened so far. Um, They're trying, it sounds like the industry is trying to self regulate before the government comes in and regulates them themselves. This is the drug companies no longer giving out free vacations to doctors. Um, <laughs> yeah, that it's. This is the the gaming hey, equivalent yeah. of that.
1: Yeah, kind of. Um, I still think that the industry has a long way to go. Yeah. there's there. You know, I'm I am i am working on. You know, as as we're talking about this, it, it'll be done by the time this podcast is published. But I'm working on a, a large explainer about what the heck went on with the FTC loot box workshop and what kinds of implication that, that has legally. I I talked to a couple of legal experts to, you know, try to make sure that we had that additional color, but overall, there were a lot of people that came in from the industry, like from, you know, the ESRB was there. So Pat Vance was there Mm -hmm. and she was like, look, the, you know, you guys, you know, addressing the FTC, you guys have always said that we are good at self-regulating and we can take care of this. The problem is, is that they're not, and they are, there needs to, like, this is triggering gambling addiction. This isn't triggering a gaming addiction. This is a gambling addiction where, you know, it's poking at that thing in your brain, and it's like, hey, hey, spend more money. Hey, it feels good. Do it. And the ESA was likening it to opening up a pack of baseball cards, and it's just not. It's nothing like opening up a pack of baseball cards. It's nothing like opening up, you know, opening up a loot box is, you know, your controller vibrates and there's lights and there's sounds and it's a lot of animation. It's very exciting. And then everything just kind of of like flies up in the air and comes back down. And all I can think about is um, the way that Overwatch does loot boxes. Their loot boxes are exciting to open. You know, if I'm going to open a loot box anywhere, I want it to be on Overwatch, but it's all cosmetic. You know, you're not doing, you're not doing the whole pay-to-win thing. Mm-hmm. So, overall, the day was, and I'm still pouring through the sessions, but overall, the day was per- fairly tempered. You know, it was evenly tempered. The IGDA came in and had a conversation, the new executive director, Renee Gittins. Um, I mean, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of question marks around what is going to be possible and what the industry is going to want to do around... Microtransactions and loot boxes. We're going to. We're just going to have to see, and the F C. The FTC is going to end up keeping the pressure on. They're not going to let up. Now that they've been made aware of this, they're not going to go away.
0: That I agree with. Um, I. I to be specific, I agree with everything you just said. Um, mm-hmm. I. Um, I mean the FTC has good reason to go after yes. it. If for nothing else, uh, because it's their job. Um, yes. And this is a this is a relatively, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, relatively new form of monetization. I mean, we're talking within the last you know handful of years is when it got the most popular. It's been in it mobile is. games for a long time, but it was just it kind of there. Um, yeah. And the the I think the good news is that, um, with the exception of you know toxic fans taking it too far, I think the um, the response from the from consumers has been, um, you know, pretty effective at kind of shining a light on it. Um, yeah. And we knew somebody eventually was going to go too far. I guess oh, yeah. you know, like we can. I, I think the entire games industry should probably say thank you, Electronic Arts, for throwing Star Wars under the bus um, because Star Let Wars is it. a brand that's big enough to not be destroyed by it. Um, and Oops. You know, if it wasn't them, it was going to be Activision with a Call of Duty game, right? Like, somebody was going to do it too much, was going to go too far. Yeah. Um, and so now the FTC is hopefully going to hold them to it. One of the quotes that I heard from... I f- man, I forget who it was. I'm sure you have heard the quote because you have been reading all of it. Uh, when someone was like, well, listen, you know, these loot boxes, we can talk about, like, what they are and what they aren't. But it, one thing they absolutely are is they are designed to be purchased. So... um what we have to be careful about is the idea that game designers, and I think this is someone from, um, you know, like a gambling, you know, organization, that was like a protection, you know, like against them. Yes. And he said, you know, these yes. things are designed to be purchased. Like, obviously they're not just there. And so the games can theoretically be designed in rather insidious ways to encourage you to buy them, even if the excitement to open them is not, um, you know, isn't, that's not the issue. It's like, you know, if the game is designed so that you have such a long grind that you need stuff, which was the concern with uh, what was it, Shadow of War, where a lot of people were yep. like, oh my god, you got to buy a million loot boxes because you need all these orcs because the game is such a slog, um, and I think that's man, And I've,
1: that's in my piece too.
0: It's it's a mess. Um, so this is the um, one of the things they advocated for, which I absolutely really dig um, from a from a. Like a parental controls perspective is kind of designing either the systems or the games to um, lock out just those specific types of purchases and just block them out. Yes.
1: Yeah, agreed. I would love
0: that. I Got mean, sight, out of mind. Yeah, I mean, because the reality is, some microtransactions are not insidious. No, you know, they're, um, they're not. And whereas One of the these things can that be, I really love on mobile oh,
1: is sorry. One of the games I really like on mobile, um, on my phone, is Gems of War. Sure. And Gems of War has an excellent in-game economy. It is well monetized. It it doesn't punish you for not spending money. It doesn't make you feel bad if you are like, like, no, I don't want to pay money for this game. I just want to go and play my match-three game and do our PG stuff. That's what I want to do. I want my Puzzle Quest game. Thank you for giving this to me. I am eternally grateful. (laughs) it's true that's my whole mood with that because i love puzzle quest this is not this is not a secret uh but yeah they have they have an in-game economy that's really robust and if you were the kind of person that you really 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 wanted to spend all of your time playing this one game you could really get into it and you can purchase stuff with real money but they make it so easy to earn in-game money and in-game currency that you don't have to indulge and you know find yourself in debt with microtransactions and I don't think they have any loot boxes in their game so I mean microtransactions don't have to be insidious They, like you said they don't have to subscribe to dark user experience patterns they can in fact just be a compliment and a way for fans of the game to be like well shoot I've been playing this game for friggin ever so I'm gonna go and kick them some cash mm-hmm. but I have you know financial liquidity right I'm an adult my kid not so much I don't yep. want my kid going in there and being like well mama I want this 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 and this and then before you know it it's a Fortnite skin situation So,
0: yeah those are challenging we've had uh, we've had some long and hard discussions about fortnight skins in our house so Sorry, um, no, no, you know what we came to a, per- we came, we had a discussion about it and we made some very clear rules about, and Good. basically, and, and because that's the, at the end of the day, that's the, the real key. Let's say, you know, especially with our kids, let's have discussions. Let's talk about it. Let's understand yeah. what's there and then utilize the tools that are available. Um, you know, my kids know I have to be very, very specific because, uh, because for my own convenience, My PayPal is linked to my consoles. Um, But they know that that's where their grocery money comes from. So they don't mess with that. And they don't. Um, But we talk about it. And they also know that... And the reason we're comfortable talking about it is because they know that I value their digital belongings. And so this is kind of part of the deal. You know, we talk about like, dude, listen. um, I will buy you the Fortnite Battle Pass every season. You want all the skins out of that. You got to earn them. Which I, I think... The, I think the season not pass sure. situation is so perfect. I pay a nominal fee, um, and they have to work for it, and he's got to achieve it. I got into an argument with someone who said that uh, the battle pass doesn't have a sense of achievement, and I was like, then you're not 10 because you'd have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but then the other piece is it's like, okay, um, the only dance I will ever buy with real world money is the floss because you missed it the first time, and I get it. Other than that, Sorry um save up your v bucks from the battle pass and i will only pay real world dollars for link and so if they don't do link sorry michael jordan forget about it link but right that's the discussion and this is a similar situation hopefully they give us more tools it feels like that might be the direction they're moving in uh, ideally um where maybe they'll be forced to give us more tools as parents to kind of opt out of some of these things um, and hopefully this will also put enough pressure on some of these companies to say you know what maybe it's just not worth it and maybe they'll I mean, just
1: isn't that isn't that what happened with Psyonix and Epic
0: they pulled um, yeah. loot boxes
1: out of, of even though Rocket League had implemented incredibly ethical loot boxes they disclosed the odds before anyone else did mm-hmm. they were really cognizant that they're like look this we don't want you to buy this stuff without knowing what you're buying. Yeah, and they were great about it.
0: I agreed, and I think that that I think that's probably you know like I think that's I, me personally. If I were to make a prediction, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think a lot of these companies are going to move away. I think the next company that's going to move it's away from really them is organized. yeah. I think Overwatch is is next. Personally, um, I mean
1: maybe it would be nice if they just let, like, if, if they're, to keep the microtransactions, because I have no problem with microtransactions in Overwatch at all, mm-hmm. but just to purchase, like, skin packs and bundles, that's what Heroes of the Storm yet let you do. Yeah, um, That's what you can do in WoW, yeah. you know, if you want those additional microtransactions. That's what you do in Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. I think it, you know, the microtransactions the there. in
1: games is bad. Like, it's not terrible. That's mm-hmm. how you keep live service games running, mm-hmm. is there either has to be you know, a premium charge every month, and or there has to be downloadable content for sale through microtransactions. So.
0: Yeah, um, and I can tell you, I would buy an Overwatch Battle Pass without even thinking about it. Um, but anyway, have you pretty out? Actually, yeah, for real. Okay, so enough about loot boxes, folks. We're, this is an ongoing, evolving story because really, they had a workshop and that everybody said some stuff. There were some announcements, but the 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 uh, the Titanic ship that is the video game industry, she turns slowly. Um unless Fortnite just explodes and moves their ship. Yeah, monetization. Yeah. I monetization moves slowly. This is gonna take a while. Moves slow. So
1: it is. So I think that it's gonna something that's gonna evolve over the next handful of years.
0: Yeah. And and we'll be keeping track of it the whole time. So um yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about Pokemon. Let's just lighten this up. And then we did get a question from our community. So, we'll go fast. (laughs) Pokemon. um, It's cruising towards us. November 15th is coming very fast. Um, Here's what they announced. New... um, The biggest announcement is that there are Galarian forms of Pokemon. Much like there were Alolan forms of Pokemon for Sun and Moon, now there are Galarian forms of some of the Pokemon. Uh, For example, Zigzagoon now has a third evolution where he turns into a Pokemon that looks like Gene Simmons. I am literally telling you the truth. In fact, Gene Simmons, to my understanding, commented on it. If you look up Zigzagoon... Gene Simmons on the internet, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, also, um, they made a Pokemon uh, that is in a that is the Galarian form of Weezing. Now, if you remember Gen One Weezing, it was a smoky little orb thing that had another smoky little orb thing stuck off the side. Um, so a or not a Galarian form Weezing has a top hat. Um and um oh. And both of the orbs have top hats, um, because it's two heads, so they both have top hats. Now, they do also have, like, green, like, mustaches, so they have, like, a curly mustaches. So, but they look, um, man, for those grown-ups, I encourage you to go look up Galarian Weezing, and you you know why I think it's really funny what it looks like. With that said, I think it is hysterical, um, because it's just, it's a, it, it's got a smokestack. They're really leaning into the to the into the like the UK industrial like into all that stuff. It just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the but this is the best part. They announced the enemy team. You know how every year there's every game there's an enemy team. The enemy team this year is <laughs> the toxic fan base of one of the other trainers. They are Team Yell. And they are literally what? a bunch of soccer hooligans. No, no, no. They're a bunch of soccer hooligans who are very much fans of one of the other trainers. They yell a lot. They follow her around. They follow. Her. Good night, Maggie. Um, they yell, Good night, They yell. They follow her around. They yell at everyone that she's trying to fight. She tries to calm them down, but sometimes she does. Most of the time, she can't because they're toxic. Pokemon, in one game... <laughs> they put out a uh, Pokemon... Because the, the big thing with uh, Galarian Form Weezing is that he um, he cleans the pollution out of the air. So the stuff that comes out of the top of his head is oh. actually purified air. That's is it why he clean has, air? Yeah, it's clean air. Um, so they keep him around to clean up the smog. Um, and so they have a Pokemon that cleans the air... Um, and they have a toxic fan base as the villain, um, Pokemon can no longer say that it's not a political game, and I'm very excited about it. I cannot wait. Um, although, you know, you and I have had, had had our discussions. There's no such thing as an apolitical video game. But anyway. clearly um, not. Uh, but definitely not the it, it, like, it don't, it don't. Um, No, no. But um, also, there is... So you know how every game there's a Pikachu ish characters so they have a hamster pokemon now who is yeah. oh. um electric um obviously however um his name is Morpico now Morpico has two forms and he uh switches back and forth um one okay. is full belly mode and he is a delightful electric pokemon and he has a move called wheel where he shoots an electric hamster wheel at you.
1: Okay, I'm following.
0: But on the alternate turns, he he burns through all his energy all of his calories, generating electricity, so then he gets hangry. Literally he goes into hangry mode where he becomes a dark type Pokemon and his hamster wheel is a dark type attack. This is the coolest thing ever. And also it's like it looks like it's one of those that's yeah, super adorable. Um and it looks like one of those um, those mighty beans, remember those things? Like the old little little characters that were like bullet shaped. Did they have those in Canada? Right,
1: right. Yeah, we didn't have those in Canada, but yeah. But you're no, familiar no, because you live on like, the internet. They were and... Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'm um, familiar
1: because I was inundated with American media growing up. Okay, doesn't mean I could access it. Just, well, just it was there.
0: You live on the internet with me, so we know about everything. Um, so that's more Pico. Um, they showed us. The, by the way, the Pokemon that is Gene Simmons is called Obstagoon. I don't know what it means. Obstagoon? Obstagoon. I don't know.
1: As opposed to Seekzoon.
0: Yeah, I it? guess. I mean, it makes sense. Um, but man, um, a Galarian Weezing, other interesting factoid, it's Poison Fairy type, which is actually very useful. Um, my son says, I don't know where he... He said that it is a very interesting I I in. um, typing and will make him somewhat useful. Um... So, yeah, lots of cool Pokemon announcements. Now is the hype time, right? Because we're getting closer and closer to when they're going to start showing us evolutions for the starters. And I I am so excited for this game. I can't wait to play it. Um, it does come out the, the same day as the new Star Wars. Um, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm, I think we're just going to be planning a 24-hour like video game binge in this house the weekend after that. Um, that's reasonable because Pokemon's and Star Wars. So, all right. So, um, so that's Pokemon.
1: Dang.
0: Um, did, are you are you still in, or did I scare you away?
1: No, no, I'm still in. All
0: right, it's okay, good.
1: I'm still in. I I'm here for the the poison fairy type for wheezing.
0: Right. Like, um, I think he was always poison type, but adding in the fairy type, sure. He was
1: always poison type, but adding fairy, that's interesting.
0: I mean, that's gonna make him super strong against the Dagrons. Um that was my son's thing. He was like, "Wow, you can use wheezing to kill a dragon. That's weird." Sure. Um sure. Okay. So here is hey, the Tyler. question from our um from our community. Um this question actually came from the infinite co-host, my brother, uh <laughs> in the Facebook community engagefamilygaming.com/community. The question he asked, and I believe it is because he is in the market for a new video game is he asks what games are we looking forward to playing in the next month or so specifically looking at games on the PlayStation 4 now I happened to go to a place uh, you may have heard of it called superparent.com that has a release list that is published by your managing editor that includes some highlights and a pretty thorough list of all the video games that come up uh, that are coming out over the course of the month and i have some things that are on that list that i am excited about but what about you what are you looking to what are you looking forward to uh, this month
1: well i think that i mean a lot of a lot of the games that are coming out aren't super kiddo friendly i think that astral chain
0: looks great right
1: That's i T for teen i think it looks awesome it's rated T for teens so yeah and it's it's one of those things that and it, like brandy ended up marking it as it's great if your kids love final fantasy 15 xenoblade chronicles 2 and monster hunter um which I think those is the, yeah absolutely uh other things that i'm really really looking forward to that are coming out over the next month um i think that well oninaki is coming out i mm-hmm. guess this month so that yes, looks really is. interesting they haven't played the demo yet, but I have it downloaded. Okay. Um, Fell Fel Seal comes out on the 18th, so it comes out on Sunday. And that was available on PC originally. Now it's coming out on Switch. Okay. I'm going to get it for Switch. I'm super excited. It is the kind of, like, it's a tactical game. It just looks brilliant. I love tactical games. You know me. Me and strategy tactical games and SRPGs, like, I am way into it. I
0: know you love them. I am terrible at it.
1: I do. I love them very much, but if we're looking for, specifically for PlayStation 4 games, Control. Remedies Control is coming out on, on August twenty fifth, and it looks awesome. It does look like, pretty it dope. Just, it's, it looks incredible. If, as the kids it's say. It's not for kids. No. It's not for kids, but it's definitely one of those After Dark games. Um, Definitely one of those after dark games.
0: Okay. So, I'm down. I have to get
1: through Fire Emblem Three Houses first because I am obsessed with Fire Emblem right now. I.
0: Man, I was thinking of skipping it, and the more I see about it, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I just, it's, just, it's just too many games came out this month. I got overwhelmed. So
1: um, many games.
0: So, um, let me. I, I have some suggestions. Um, Speaking directly to. Um, my brother, um, but really to anybody. I think one thing that is quietly very cool is the Lord of the Rings adventure card game. That's featured on this list, but I want to be very clear. I played this at PAX East and at Toy Fair. I've played this multiple times. Oh, yeah. Um, And every time I play it's it, good. every time very- I play it, I love it. Um, yeah, it's
1: very, very good. And it's on... Early everything. access in, on Steam, right yeah. now. Yeah, and it's going to be on, on everything.
0: everything: Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, this is one of those games. Um, it's kind of Hearthstoney, where you are, you know, playing cards and you know doing combat. The key is, it has a story. I mean, it's not going to be the most, yeah. you know, engrossing narrative ever. However, um, it is. I mean, it's a Lord of the Rings themed adventure where you know the the flavor is definitely there. Um, I love you know the music and just some of the card art is really cool. Um, I could not pull myself away from my demos, um, so I think that is quietly one of the big ones. Um, I can't ignore Control. That one. I mean, definitely not one for the kids, but it looks pretty rad. Um, I I think I'm gonna have to. It is to...
1: one that you absolutely need to play.
0: I do. Are you, are you making me wow. play it so that we can talk about it? Is that what you're saying? Or
1: no, I will play it, okay. and we can talk about it. Yeah,
0: you play it, and then you can make sure it is that like, it's good for me.
1: It is like new. It's new weird horror. Yeah, it's like psychological horror, which is a hundred percent up my alley. So yeah,
0: I need you to play it I'm first and tell me this. how scary it is because I'm terrified of everything. Um. Aww.
1: Oh, you do oh, the I'm pretty a cat wuss. chronicles with me this year on, on mixer.
0: I'm such a wuss. Oh my goodness. So that's Okay,
1: I'm, I'm a total wuss too, so now, it's Now.
0: Okay. I do have one last suggestion. Now, I think this is a big one because you know what, it's the end of the summer, right? Um getting towards the holidays, so we don't want maybe maybe you don't want to get anything crazy big, but you want to get a game that's going to last for a while. I'm going to suggest Rad because if you're going to play a game why don't you suggest why don't I suggest a game that is going to be relatively inexpensive and is a roguelike that you can play forever rad oh, well, is the go. double fine it rad is that double fine um <laughs> or excuse right, me right 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 i thought that was coming out yeah well, because it kind of just snuck out. Um, how about that random stealth announcements of night of uh, kids on bike or ni- nights and bikes rather?
1: Oh, um, right, yeah.
0: That just got announced. Um, that didn't make it to your list because this list was published before that was. They stealth announced it um, like t- like today, I think. Um, but rad is more or less this. It kind of plays like Gauntlet. You are a dude or a lady. It's random, and you go through and you fight monsters and. Um, eventually you earn random um, like mutations and and so one of the times I played it I, got, I grew a snake head so that meant like while I was attacking my attack combos included like a poison bite and I got a turtle shell and you know and every time you play through you get different upgrades and so this is one of those games you can play forever because every time you play it it is different um, it's got that double fine sense of humor you know um, it's not like as wacky as, um, like Psychonauts or Brutal Legend, but it is still Watch quirky and, and funny. Yeah, I think it's probably in that neighborhood. Um, it's a relatively simple game. The, the cost of dying is not very high because it's a roguelike. You're supposed to die. Um, so that is one of my suggestions. Uh, it comes out on Tuesday the 20th, so next Tuesday. Is that really next oh, wow. Tuesday? wow! They really stealth that in. Uh, so, yeah. Rad. Coming to Switch, Super PS4, cool. Xbox One, and PC. I think it's impossible to talk about games coming out um, without talking about that one, because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if we lean into September, and this is going to sound absolutely insane, um, I think the best role-playing game of the year, um, and this is including, for me, and this is probably even including uh, Fire Emblem is going to be uh, NBA Two K Twenty. You like Final Fantasy Ten, right?
1: Of course, I like Final Fantasy. X. What if you I told I you? We initially bonded about I know, Final Fantasy Ten. We, D- D- we did.
0: We um, did. What if I told you that there's a sphere grid in that game?
1: Go on, tell me more.
0: They basically. Every year... It, what was it? It was a couple years ago. I played NBA 2K... I want to say 17 or 18. And it was the best role-playing game I played that year. Without question. It was the year 15 didn't come out. So... Do the math. Here's the thing, right? The story mode... Um, is... And in this case, they focus really way more on the My GM mode. Where you play as the GM of a team. Right? So if you, hate, <laughs> if you absolutely hate basketball then forget about it. But if, like, you can tolerate it, the idea is you play as the GM, so you can you get to decide what kind of GM you are. Are you a financial guy? Are you a leader? Are you, like, um, and are you an in-locker-room guy where, like, you're boys with all your players? And depending on how you develop your character, you get better contracts, or maybe you can set better ticket prices and have a better stadium, and with more fans in the audience, you, your players might perform better. Like, they added, like hardcore role-playing game stuff into a basketball simulator. It is fascinating. And the way that the... and I'm not even joking to you, man. Like, this is just... It's crazy. And so, this is one of those things... It's bananas. It's bananas. And so, it's like the... That's one of those... And also, because basketball game... Because my GM mode, it's you know, it just kind of goes on forever. <laughs> like, this is okay. one of those, it's another... because Well, because it just keeps playing, right? Like, you know, so... Right, live service, got it. Also, um, you know, the NBA season is 80 games long. <laughs> so, like, you know, you got some games to play. This is one of those games that... I mean, it could be worse. It could be a baseball game. A season in MLB The Show is 120-some-odd games. Um, so, nope. the... Nope. Um. So yeah, this is and that comes next year or not next year next month. I think sometime in uh, September is two K twenty. Um, it's bananas. Okay. So those are some suggestions. Some that things sounds to bananas. Think about um yeah, so, um and that's not even to talk about Borderlands. It's coming out in a month, but obviously that's not for us. It's got a cheeseburger bazooka, man. It's hard for me to say no to a cheeseburger bazooka. So, um. With that I'm said, not
1: going to judge you, I promise.
0: Um. With that said, this has been episode 193 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I hope you guys had a wonderful time listening to this podcast because I can tell you for certain, Amanda and I had a wonderful time recording it. We're going to be back next week to talk about board games. Um, and until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye.
1: a family gaming podcast thank you for listening thank you for listening tune in next week okay john
0: (laughs) if you can isolate one of the better farts and just put it in there that'll be good this will be the end of this recording (sighs) Okay. okay